Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we conclude our discussion on biblical decision-making. We, as Christians, believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. We believe Scripture is applicable to all areas of the Christian life, including the way we make day-to-day decisions. However, many Christians struggle determining the will of God in their lives. Let's continue with our study as Pastor Jim discusses biblical decision-making in today's slice of the message entitled, Decision-Making and the Will of God, Part 3. People often speak of open and closed doors, referring to opportunities. Paul used that a few times. Jesus uses it in his, uh, one of his letters in Revelation 2 and 3. What people mean by that, and by the way, when I say this, and if you hear anybody that's using these things or you've thought these things, I'm not calling anybody a heretic or, or anything like that. There's often an element of truth in these things, but just be careful what you do with them. Sometimes God grants you an opportunity. It might come in the form of an invitation. It could be a job offer. It could be a request for help. It could be acceptance to a school or something like that. Sometimes God blocks an opportunity, like you're planning what you're going to do for vacation this summer, and then you get called into the boss's office and find out your company just eliminated your job, and you don't have a job next month, or your application is rejected, or you're on your way and, oh, your flight is canceled, or you become too ill to do something that you had planned to do, okay? Open doors, closed doors, opportunities, lack of opportunity, changed opportunities, whatever you want to call it. Those are examples of God's providence. God is sovereign. His providence is how He works out His sovereign plan in the realm of mankind, despite decisions that, despite evil decisions that might be made, despite evil things that might be done, and with guiding His people along the way. What I'm saying about open and closed doors is always reject any advice based upon someone telling you, here's what that means. Okay? Um, it, it's not special revelation from God. Your, your circumstances may change. That's, that's okay. Here's another one. And this is, a, this is a, a biggie. There was a book that made a huge splash back in the 1990s. It's still around. It's still in print. It's still being promoted in Christian bookstores. And it is a very dangerous book. It's called Experiencing God. All right? The idea is Well, we know that God has revealed His will, but we want to really experience Him. Experiencing God is about searching for the dot. And it tells you blatantly that God will lead you through ideas that pop into your head, inner feelings that you may have, desires that you may have, and impressions that you will feel on the inside. Now, If you have a strong idea, 
What that means is you have a strong idea. It might be good and it might not. Beware of people who claim that God talks to them through inner impressions and feelings. That's a sign of bad theology. It's a sign, again, of claiming that there is special revelation outside of Scripture and in addition to Scripture. It is a sign of not trusting in the sufficiency of Scripture. People who do that are very subjective about what they say is from God. I'll give you one. Uh, People have told me this more than once. Someone might say, God laid you on my heart last night. Now, they mean well. Um, It's great if they prayed for me last night. I'm, I'm all in favor of that. But why do they say, God laid you on my heart last night, but they don't say, God laid an advertising jingle on my heart last night? That's what I wake up thinking about more often than I think about you. Sorry about that. I'm working on it. Far better to say, I mean, be honest. Don't blame God for what you want to say God did, and then you take responsibility for everything else. Be honest, and it would be far better to say, you know, I thought of you last night. I woke up and I thought of you, so I I prayed, and I prayed for you, and I decided to call you today. That's totally honest. That is simple Christian friendship and love. That's caring for for one another. Um, I've heard people say, several people that have used this phrase on me, I just know that I know that I know what God wants me to do. Um, The meaning is, I feel very strongly about this. And you may feel very strongly about it. And it may be a good thing. And it may not be a good thing. If it is what God says in His Word, if it fits that, um, great. If it's beyond what He says, then be honest and say, "I, I feel strongly about this. I can't seem to get this off my mind. Help me think this through according to Scripture. But don't invoke God as the source of your feelings. Here's another one. Being led by the Spirit. You see, now wait a minute. You have this under what not to do, all right? What not to do in the wrong way. Uh, Beware of making a feeling or a desire or an inner impression, whatever that is, into a message from God. Let me show you a couple of passages about being led by the Spirit. And this is what the New Testament teaches about these. Romans 8, 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So, to be led by the Spirit of God is one of the many definitions in Romans 8 of a Christian. If you are a Christian, you are being led by the Spirit of God. Galatians 5.18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. We don't have time to unpack the the context of Galatians chapter 5, but same thing is true there. Would you notice that those are not commands telling you to be led by the Spirit? Those are statements of fact. They're not a prescription for what to do with your day. The reason I put this under the what not to do is that it's sometimes used by well-meaning, 
and I'm not saying ungodly people, but well-meaning, overly pious people who say something like, well, I prayed diligently about this, and the Holy Spirit led me to say, fill in the blank. Or the Holy Spirit led me to fill in the blank. I actually had a guy tell me that one time that, that he hadn't been around church for, for some time. I, I talked to him, and I said, you know, we, we, we miss you. What's going on? He says, well, you know, I've spent a lot of time in prayer, and the Lord told me not to attend church anymore, just to do it at home. I said, no, he didn't. He did not tell you something contrary to what He's revealed to us in His Word. Now, how did we come to have all of the Scriptures which equip us for everything we need? We got it when holy men of God were born along by the Holy Spirit to write down what God said. To be led by the Spirit is to follow what the Spirit tells you. What does the Spirit tell you? It tells you what's in the Word of God. Well, how can I understand everything in there? The Spirit helps you to understand that. And we'll even talk a little bit about how you get the best help. So, don't fling open the door to emotionalism and mystical sort of ideas. Far better to say something like, after much prayer and searching the Scriptures, I decided to do this, because that's what really happened. That puts the responsibility for your decision right where it belongs. Responsibility belongs on you. And when you say it that way, you're proclaiming your trust in God to grant you wisdom when you ask for it, and it shows that you trust in the sufficiency of His Word, and it gives an objective way to evaluate what you're doing. If you say something, I decided to do this, and your Christian friend says, "Uh, let's think about that. Have you ever read what it says over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, maybe? Then you can be objective, not blaming God for some sort of mystical impression. All right, here's another one, an audible voice. People say, God told me, fill in the blank. When somebody says, God told me, or God showed me, then I want you to do a couple of things. Take a deep breath, close your mouth, don't let words come out until you have heard all of the theme music of the Twilight Zone play in your head so that you know where this person is coming from. God does not speak to you in an audible voice. Now, there are people here who, here who, who hear voices. You know, some people, you, you can even call it self-talk sometimes. You know, you, you've always got that dialogue going on in your head. At least I hope you do. You know, some of my best friends live there, and some of them are pretty weird. But... When somebody says, God spoke to me, understand, the reason I say close your mouth and take a deep breath, you, it's completely fruitless to argue with somebody's experiences. If they think God told them something and you argue with them about it, what are they going to think of you? They're going to think you're anti-God, all right? So don't argue with what they heard. What you can do after the music quits playing you've taken a deep breath, take what that person believes that God said and help them compare it with the Scripture. 
which you know God said. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.